Hello and welcome to Tools in the Shed, a podcast powered by Cars Guide, ready to rip into car stuff that has caught our eye this week. I'm James, and with me is Chesto. Hello, everyone. Who's been zapping around in a high-profile Porsche, and Crafty, who's been pondering the meaning of life. Oh, yes. Of life off-road. Yeah. And there's news on a long-anticipated new arrival in this week's Muskwatch. So, stay with us. First of all, we've had some feedback. Uh, Pranav Shroti says, great work, guys. Can you share more info on Kia Seltos? Where is it being imported from, or is it made in Australia? I can answer the second part first and tell you it is uh, no. completely not made in Australia. So, Pranav, I'm, I'm presuming you are uh, contacting us from outside of Australia. Um, it's imported directly from Korea. Well, it and, depends. Oh, does it? Yes, yes, yes. So, our cars, Australian cars, come from Korea. Korea. India, yeah. where this thing has burned, oh. their cars are built locally. Oh, okay. Really? Just for the Indian market. Okay. Right. But uh, we share our production with Korea and America. So, there is uh, okay. risk of wait times for the Seltos. So, if you oh. want one, the recommendation is to go and order one because uh, it's expected to be a backlog. Wow. Oh, okay. There's good that question. one. Prince Dog. Um, was great to see the autopilot system last week. We were talking about um, Tesla's autopilot system in the Tesla sticking to the slow lane when not overtaking, which makes it smarter than 99% of Australians. <laughs> I read this one. Fantastic. Uh, thank you, Prince Dog. Spot Ian on. Thomas, uh, good show, boys. Can Crafty review the new Land Rover 90 slash 110 in the bush when it lands here? Please, can't sure. wait. Absolutely. I'd imagine that'd be a walk-up start. I think so, The minute, yeah. the minute yeah. it arrives, it'll, it'll yeah. be with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I used to have a Landy, a, oh. a Discovery, though. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I had plenty of puddles of oil in the driveway <laughs> for many years, <laughs> about seven years. Yeah, and a Land Rover. But I, I think, <laughs> I think right. the, um, the, the, there's a lot of anticipation. I, for oh, yeah. one, I, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing and, it, it and getting into Chris's car. Good in the it looks it's, cool, um, doesn't it? Very yeah, well, good. you were there, weren't yeah, you? But yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, right. it's, it's been kind of polarizing. I, mm. I think they've probably done the right thing. I'm yet to see it in the metal, but um, a lot of people hate it, but they're diehard, you know, on, sort of old school. On that, though, Crafty, I love I didn't like it in the photos. Lots of people didn't, but okay. I, I think in the in the metal or the flesh, if you if you prefer, it is a very different look. Does it make yep. sense yeah. when you're standing there? It and works for me. Yeah. And is yeah. is the intention here that it has an incredibly long shelf life, like its predecessor? This has been designed to go the long haul. I think that's the plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've got to go out there a bit, haven't you? You've yeah. got to you've got to make a distinctive design for it to have that Correct. Yeah. longevity. You, I feel like they only they feel like they only just got away with tinkering at this yeah. time. They're not oh, gonna yeah. rush to do it again. No, gotcha. no. You imagine how difficult that brief would have been oh, though, yeah. because you've got to satisfy all your mammoth diehard sort of landy lovers and you've got to appeal to the yeah. new generation. There would be some poison chalice uh, design briefs. Oh. One would be, okay, Ooh. you're doing the next nine eleven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. and yes, we need you to replace the defender. Can I think about yeah. it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay, so thank you for all that feedback. That's terrific. Chester, we're going to move to yourself, and we're in the beginning of the month, which means we've got the numbers in from last month's sales, and you've been having a look. Tell us about your analysis. I have. So beginning of the month means the VFAX numbers have dropped, and unfortunately, it once again makes for pretty glum reading. Okay. So October marks our 19th consecutive month of decline in the Australian new car market. Now, it's glum reading, probably, if you're a car dealer. Yes. But it's a huge potential... 
if you're a car buyer, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe you've got some leverage. Yeah? That's Absolutely. actually true. So we've done some stories on this. Now is a very, very, very good time to go and negotiate a new car because dealers are, are keen to move stock. Yeah. They've all got quotas to meet. Those quotas haven't changed. So if you're in the market for a new car, bargain and <laughs> Could bargain be a good hard. time. Get in there and talk up a storm. So the, the basic nuts and bolts of it is this. We, we sold... Oh, we purchased, I should say, 82,456 new vehicles in October. That's down from 90,718 in the same month in 2018. Mm -hmm. That brings our year-to-date total to 893,920 cars sold, which is still heaps, yep. but it's down more than 77,000 on the tally we were at at this time last year. So we're sailing towards a million plus. We'll still crack a million. Right. Yeah, but okay. if this kind of market decline continues, it's only a matter of time before we drop below a million. million. Which okay. It's been some time since we've done that in Australia, so that would be a very, very big deal. Yeah. Alarmingly, every single segment is down. So like commercial, i.e. dual cabs is down, SUVs are down, but nothing's down quite as far as passenger cars, which dropped another 15.3% in October to 23,553. Wow. Okay. So let's crack, let's crack on to some of the uh, sort of individual performances in the top 10. So Toyota maintained its iron grip on, on spot number one. It yes. is utterly unassailable, as it, and I can't see that ever changing. Yes, it fell 4.6% month on month, but... It's still sold almost 17,000 cars. Now, to put that in perspective, Hyundai is second with 7,455 cars and Mazda is third yep. with 6,370 cars. Don't get your calculators out because I can tell you if you <laughs> add those two together, you're still not anywhere near Toyota's total. So oh, yeah. they are, it's clear air and then yeah. some for Toyota. Uh, Kia is wow. still a bright spot in the top 10. They uh, did 5,062 sales, which was enough to put them in the fourth position. Uh, Ford is fifth with 4,891 sales. Then it's Mitsubishi, Volkswagen, Nissan, and Subaru. And then clinging on to 10th by the fingernails is Holden, okay. who finished with 3,086 sales, down 41.3% month on month. So work to be done for our former homegrown okay, hero. Yeah. Now, let's, uh, let's go into some head-to-head -head battles, shall we? Yes. So... Hilux versus Ranger, and I know there are some people out there who will be absolutely over the moon that we're talking about Ranger again, but here we go. Mm, bring so, it on. Hilux v. Ranger. So uh, Ranger wins the battle, Hilux wins the war, and what I mean by that is in just 4x4 versus 4x4 sales, Ranger's ahead. Has been for months yeah. yes. and is ahead yeah. for the year, year totals. Too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yep. But when you add 4x2 to the mix, Hilux is far and away the so most popular sim vehicle Simplistically, 4x4 is your dual cab, yep. more premium, probably that's a private right. purchase. Yep, that's right. Your 4 by two is a less highly specified car, possibly a commercial purchase. Correct. And you're probably looking at some fleet sales there as well. In fact, yeah. you're definitely looking Surely. at some fleet, fleet sales, sales there. Yeah. And yeah. we haven't been able to split those numbers up, to be perfectly honest. So uh, there is a very good chance Range is actually ahead in terms of private customers. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of overall, uh, Hilux sales dipped to uh, uh, 3,516 sales across both variants, yeah. uh, which brings the total for the year combined to 40,045 units for Hilux. That's both 4x2 yes. and 4x2. All right, 40,000. 40, Correct. Yep. Now, Ranger is at 34,121 for the year, so they're a fair way fair behind way back, and a yeah. lot of ground to make up in just two months, obviously. But in terms of just 4x4 variants, uh, bear with me, it's sold... 2,873 4x4 variants last month. 
That compares to 2,678 4x4 oh. Hiluxes, yep. which makes ranges ahead not just for the month but for the year. Mm. But, of course, that is uh, some small solar scheme. And I, I just you, you wonder what's driving that, don't you? It's a little bit of crystal ball gazing in terms of yep. are cars like the Ranger Raptor and the Wild Track, you know, having their, their rub off on the, yeah. on the brand, as it mm. were, that Ranger becomes that little bit cooler. Yep. Toyota played around with Rugged and Rugged, rugged X, X and yeah. all of that stuff. Rogue. Yeah. Have yep. people, Rogue have people gone, oh, I don't know whether that's a bit of me. Yeah. Mm. Is it all that airy-fairy stuff or is it about the specification of the car and what it delivers? It's very hard to tell hard what's, to what's in people's but, minds. But Ranger's certainly tapped into something, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. Now, the only last thing I'll say on the Hilux Ranger thing, because this is, to me, fascinating. So just to remind you of those numbers. So Hilux, 40,045 so far this year. Yeah. Ranger, 34,121 this year. Now, the third best-selling car in 2018 was a Toyota Corolla. It's, it'll likely be third again this, this year. This year, okay. It has sold 25,462. So the third best-selling car, which used to be the number one by mm. Light. A while, sure. yeah. Is selling almost half the number of Hiluxes we've wow. sold this year. So wow. really what you can, can deduce from that is that the dual-cab ute is fulfilling very much the role that oh. used to be the family sedan or wagon. Even, you know, if, even that's, the family SUV That's a typical, a typical family car. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how yeah. many times do you see that now? You, yeah. you, you see dual cab utes that look like they've never seen a worksite, never seen a dirt track. Yeah. They're being used as yeah. lifestyle vehicles, yeah. to use that term. Yeah. Yep. Now, next battle, most popular SUV in Australia. For, for a long time, as we know, it's been the Mazda CX-5. It is still the Mazda CX-5, mm -hmm. but critically, the RAV4 is really quickly closing that gap. Okay. So, uh, last year, the Mazda CX-5 sold 26,173 units to the RAV4's 22,165 units. So, it beat, beat it by about 4,000, but of course, there's been a lot of movement at the RAV4 station this year. Yeah. So... Uh, so far this year, the CX-5 sold 21,976, while the Toyota has sold 19,732. You with me? Yes. But here's the, here's the rub, ladies and gentlemen. The RAV4 has really only had 10 months of, say, of trading this mm. year. Remember, the new RAV4, uh, and then a new RAV4 landed in May. Yes. So... If you bear with me, yeah, so since May, the RAV4 has managed to outsell the CX-5 with 13,639 sales versus 13,000. So is there enough time left in the year, you know, a couple of months left for RAV4 to get there and, and knock off CX-5? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Are those figures taking into account, you know, people who have ordered them and won't get them for the six months, seven They'll months? They'll be registration. Delivery, okay, okay, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Yeah. And as yeah. we know, that's a very good point. Because There's up to six-month waiting Yeah, there's a massive the waiting four, list, so yeah. If they could get the production they wanted, yeah. it would be... Uh, yeah. yeah. And look, that's another thing to remember. The VFAX numbers are on registrations, yeah. not just yeah. sales. No, that's yeah. right. So it could be demonstrator vehicles yeah. that have been registered. Okay, it could yeah. be all kinds of things. Yeah, and look, that's always been a trick, to be honest with you. Dealer registrations do count as new sales. So when a new car hits the market, for example, and we saw this with Genesis actually yeah. when it first launched, it, it produced not huge numbers, but okay numbers for that first month. But a lot of those were dealer demos. Yeah. You know, you have to yeah. you yeah. have to register those cars so yeah. people can drive them, right? Now, the last thing I'm going to I'm going to harp on here about the VFAX data, the last competition is, well, not competition, the last point of interest for me yes. is Kia. 
Yes. Now remember, we are in this massively declining market at the moment. Nineteen mm. consecutive months of falls, where, where you know, uh, and passenger car sales are abandoning the market, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yep. Yep. And yet, Kia is somehow defying this right. to record in October its biggest monthly result, its biggest market share, and its highest position on the top ten. And pretty much this entire year, it has been recording month on month and yeah. year on year. Growth. So it's bucking the trend. Correct. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, I haven't been question. in a Kia for years. Uh, why? Why is that? Is it service product? Well, that is. I remember the your question. Kia years. They were they're probably best left in the past. <laughs> now that's the question I'm going to pose to you both. Actually, why is that? Why oh. is Kia the one bucking the trend? Now, I spoke to Kia about it, so I have mm. some idea. You do? Okay. Yes. All right. Well, I think um, it would be relatively easy to explain if Hyundai was in the same mode, you mm. know, and they, I think they're yeah. holding station more yeah. or less, whereas Kia is accelerating. Uh, it's people's acceptance of what were once. I don't know, questionable brands. Yeah. We, we don't know the worth of this brand. It comes in, it's cheap and cheerful. Should I trust it? And it seems as though that's completely gone away. Yeah. A whole new generation buyers have come in and said, what do you mean there's a stigma around any of these? Yeah. It's perfectly good, isn't it? Toyota, I, Kia, Hyundai, it's all I the same. I think that's 100% right. Yeah? So, but why Kia has accelerated yeah. in particular, why not I'm blown if I know. Why not all of those? Uh, a couple of reasons, I reckon. Number okay. one is that according to Kia, the secret of their success is that they're, they're just that humble Korean brand that never changes their strategy. So no matter what time you go into a dealership, no matter what month, you know what you're going to pay, you know okay. what you're going to get, mm. you know okay. what the inclusions are going to be. Yeah. Yep. And critically, you know that there's going to be a seven-year warranty. So yes. other brands have started chasing that, but really it's, <laughs> yeah. it was the first and most prominent mainstream brand to go to a seven year unlimited kilometer warranty yeah. Yeah. and so I think my personal opinion is that has changed Kia from being let's go to the barbecue scenario where you're flashing your new keys around and talking about why you made your purchase mm. yes. it has gone from being considered the cheap purchase yeah. to being considered the smart purchase. The purchase. Does that make sense? It, well, the last time I was at a, a barbecue yeah. with Crafty, he was unable to speak by That's the end the of it anyway, so it's a moot point. <laughs> you really. want to get Crafty early in the barbecue process. <laughs> I, managed to, uh, I managed to grill my sarong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know how that there happened. Was, it was a yeah. whirling dervish on fire. <laughs> Correct. Heading for the uh, the pool. I that, think you had to jump in the pool. But just to stick on Kia for just one more moment, right? So that those numbers are impressive with their current lineup, but the, the car that has gone great guns around the world, both in Korea and India and everywhere that's launched so far, is the Kia Seltos. Right. Now, the Seltos launched on the second last day of the month last year, so it sold 179 vehicles, but they only had 179 to sell. To sell. So essentially, it sold out in, in its first, you know, in the first mm. month of sales. So that hasn't even come online yet, the Seltos. It'll, wow. we'll, we'll know how that's going at the end of this month. Yeah. But that's going to have a huge impact on their sales too. So when Kia first launched in Australia, they were making up, I think from memory, roughly 20% market share compared mm. to Hyundai in the Battle of the Koreans. Uh-huh. They were selling 20% of Hyundai's totals. Now it's 70%. Mm. So it, it is... Yes. Seeable that yeah, there's yeah. a time when yeah, those definitely. two leapfrog each other. Mm. Yes. And Kia becomes the, the go to Korean brand yeah. and Hyundai becomes second to Who knows? I think that's yeah. a really uh, a really solid uh, kind of theory in that um, you, you wouldn't want to under- underestimate the impact of a seven year warranty 100%. and cap price servicing and certainty in terms of what's coming that's down right. the track when you're purchasing a car. That's yeah. right. It's absolutely true. Two more VFAX rants, very quick ones Go I just for want to raise, uh, bring some attention to. The other big star at the moment, although granted from a lower base, is Volvo. Yep. Keep going from strength to strength. So they are up 15% this year. They've sold 6,480 cars so far. They'll finish, if that continues, which it will, they'll finish the car at almost 8,000. Those numbers 
numbers are driven by the three SUVs. The other models in the yep. range sell almost nothing. Yeah. But it just, again, just seems to be that perfect storm of the right product in the right segments at the right time and mm. well marketed by mm. Volvo. They are kicking all sorts of goals. Yep. The last one is Ram, who just can't at, at the moment haven't been able to find a ceiling in their sales. They are up at 2,275 this year. They'll finish the year at almost 3,000. That puts their growth at a, a ridiculous, like, you know, over 100% sum. Big, but big numbers for big mate, big kill, youths, eh? Big, killing you know, it. Yeah. Absolutely killing it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I think Ram almost outsold some other standalone mainstream, sort of one-time mainstream brands last yeah. year. So it is absolutely And that, they've, they've been the one that other brands are looking at, like, oh, yeah, no, you know, we've got we to get a piece that? of that. Why yeah. did we, we do get that? <laughs> Nissan Titan. We want to get the <laughs> yeah. Titan. We want to get this, that, and the exactly. other. So, and I, yeah. have, I have ranted about this before in here, but they won't be alone for long. So mm. HSV is already, it's a guarantee they will do a Silverado 1500 next year because yeah. they're missing. That's the key model in that in yep. the size they want. Titan almost certainly, well, Nissan will almost certainly have a Titan here next year. Yeah. Ford is looking at it. Toyota's looking at it. Yep. Yeah. That big big truck market is the next one to yeah. next one to burn. Yeah. Fantastic. On it. I'm uh, I'm loath to use the term, but 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 pickup trucks. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the only uh, thing other way of the future. Mm. I mean. Um, Man, we're doing a test with a Ram next week, a towing test. Okay. Uh, so we'll throw uh, three tons on the back of that. Um, a caravan, not just a three-ton weight, JC, yep. so, um, before exactly. you duck in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, there'd be some sparks on the bitumen. <laughs> you're bringing the beer to the But barbecue. those things, and you see them increasingly, like, I, you know, and, and it seems to have only been in the last six months or sure. so that I'm seeing more of them. Sure. You know, uh, and, and I'm talking about all of them, like yeah. Rams, Tundras, Mate, F-Trucks, like yes. Ford. Uh, there's more Fords around now. Um, yeah. Some of them are grey imports some of them are you know yes straight up but there's obviously an appetite is it is it just me or do you not see a lot of silverados though but that's i haven't seen many Uh, i think i think more so in queensland i think when i've been there um uh in the last year or so i saw some up there but but not down this way no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but the ram is the one that seems to have cut through all states all segments you see them in the city everywhere absolutely it's ridiculous yeah Fantastic. All right. Now, thank you very much, Chesto. Some interesting uh, highlights there. Crafty, we're going to go mm. to – you've been ruminating. You've been, <laughs> you've been thinking about things. Sorry, what? Oh, ruminating. ruminating. Yes. Yeah. Uh, about the whole nature of heading off highway, heading on holiday, taking, I don't know, four-wheel drives, campers. Yeah, anything. What, SUVs, what's it all about? two-wheel drives, all-wheel drives. Yeah. Why, why do people Why do we do bush? it? Yes. Why do people go bush? That's um, a very good question. I was just uh, I was lurking behind a bush at a campsite you were, the other of day, you were, as, man. as I'm as I'm so want to do. Uh, yep. As you know, JC uh, and Chesto, um, and uh, I was just thinking, why do people do this? Yeah. Why are they so enamoured of the of the you know driving out, you know, living in a tent rather sure. than a five star hotel or something? Sure. Um, and I came to a conclusion. And I'll share that in the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. All right, moving on. No. Thank you. Thanks no. very much. Oh. I'm joking. Um, or am I? Uh, we all live such time-poor lives. Uh, there's so much of it dominated by screens. I mean, you know, we're all guilty of it. Look at it. Yep. I mean, this is for work purposes. But to get away and No, perhaps... I'm just playing video game. Here it is. Isn't it? Yeah. I think it's Minesweeper. Uh, yeah. You, you, you get... Uh... Is it Pac-Man? Yeah. Nobody look at my screen. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, and I know, even um, uh, you know, urban dwellers like Chester have, have been known to slip outside the yep. s- city limits yep. and 
you know, uh, sleep rough for a couple of days. Um, not out of his own choice, though. No, the police usually. were pursuing him, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, and it, it, it boils down to a simple thing. Um, I think we all want to step outside of our comfort zones and step outside of uh, what we normally do day to day and just um, – and just try and remember what it's all about. Sure. Like, like try and remember. There's probably a part of everyone's lizard brain that needs to go back to yeah. nature somehow. Yeah. There, there might be an innate desire to, yeah. to just commune with nature in some yeah. way, shape or form. Well, you ever think about it, even if you take the dogs down to the park, mm. you feel a bit better afterwards. True. Yeah. Live in the live in the big smoke, you know, but you still get down to the park. Yes. You know, have a play around, throw a stick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people have bought into that lifestyle, and that's unreal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I, and I've spoken about it before. I've touched on it before about the aftermarket industry. It's massive now, but because people are embracing the lifestyle, yes. some of them only get out once a year. Good on yeah. you. Some of them get out every weekend. You've probably be got to be careful about how you approach it, though, in that once you've got your generator and your 240-volt uh, power supply, out come the screens, you know, you're charging up the, <laughs> yeah. the well, phone, right. the kids that's are on right. the that's tablets. Right. Yeah, I suppose right. you, you can shape that experience yeah. uh, to yeah. some degree yeah. because otherwise you just end up bringing home with you and yeah. you, you're plonked in the bush with We you. may as well stay in a stay five-star hotel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Why, yeah. and why wouldn't you, Crafty? That's my point <laughs> about this whole camping thing. I love camping, don't get me wrong. It's yeah. just the camping part I don't it's like. The camping. <laughs> like I enjoy uh, – if I can camp within about five or six steps of an ensuite. Yeah. Um, that's about, oh, fair that's about yeah, yeah. perfect for me. The whole this whole concept of building tents out yeah. there. Yeah. You just don't like this, it. haven't yeah. we? No. You don't like it? Not for me, my friend. But you've got a beard. You suit the lifestyle uh, no, so no, well. No, no, no. This is this is what they call an inner city beard. <laughs> I think, this beard has never seen the. Bush. I think there's something about the silence that isn't silence. You yeah. know, you, when you are away from uh, the the bright lights yeah. and you can see that night yeah. sky. And you do hear the animals, the birds, the whatever, that cacophony, actually, that yeah. goes on through through the night. Yeah, people think it's it's deathly quiet. It's not. It's, it's very noisy. It's yeah. deafening, yeah. rather, yeah. Uh, yeah. at times. Maybe my problem is that I've never found a solo campsite. Usually I'm surrounded uh, by people in the... Shoulder to shoulder with some German backpackers or something. The calls yeah. I hear aren't quite as pleasant <laughs> oh, I see. overnight, to be, I I'll have to, to be I'll have to take you out at some stage, mate. But um, I think... Yeah, uh, and go camping. Sounds vague. Wow. Uh, but yes, and I think uh, some people use their vehicles simply as a as a form of transport, as a tool. Yep. Some people, you know, love the thing and spend loads of time kidding it out and whatever else. Yeah. But for me, it's a tool to get you somewhere, you and your family right. to get somewhere. Right, right, right. right. As, as opposed to an end in itself. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I've always Got found you. there's no shortage of tools at a lot of those. Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> we, our colleague uh, Jared has a pie oven. He does, um, in yes, his emerald, he does. that he that does. seems very similar. He never likes to be more than five feet from a pie, which is perfectly fine too. Yeah. Which is fine. He has to keep yeah, his absolutely. eyes on the road as he drives past a servo because he knows. <laughs> and he's got to wait are, for there the there ding. Servo <laughs> pies in there, probably <laughs> sausage rolls as well. <laughs> anyway, I'll uh, I'll get you both out soon. Um, and uh, that's quite philosophical today. I well, it is. I mean, it does. People are obviously keen on camping, and it depends on whether you do head to a campground yep. and you are with those facilities and you're with other people, or you find a way to, to just break away from that as well. That's the part that I think I'm into. I, I'm, I'm only being facetious, of course. I enjoy getting out of the city as much as anybody else, but I, I do prefer to be away from a big crowd yeah. of people. Otherwise, yeah. it just kind of feels like you're in a hotel with 
without yeah, the walls. Sure. It yeah, spoils sure, the sure, illusion sure. when you turn up and there's yeah, yeah. hundred other people around you and you can hear noise from over there. Yeah, and, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It would be good to get our listeners and viewers' thoughts on this uh, yes. discussion. Let us know. If they if you do it and why. Have a crack in the comments. And, and actually you. where? If you have a favourite spot for yes. us to go and check out, where do you know. go? If you'd like it ruined by yeah, hundreds of by people us. learning about it, if you found uh, there hasn't been know. enough lurkers, let us know. <laughs> we'll send some out. I'll turn up and lurk in the bush. Yeah. Absolutely. You might already be there. They just <laughs> don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Crafty. Oh, Hopefully no that will spark up some conversation um, in the comments. Hopefully it does. And we're now going to move to the vehicles that are in our garage or the, the ones that we've been experiencing. And, Chesto, we'll, we'll yes. kick it off with you. It's uh, one that's created a lot of buzz, pardon yes. the pun, but it's, uh, it's a Tesla competitor. It's a, a new direction for a well-known brand. It is. Fill us in. Now, i got to tell you, I do wish this car was in my garage. So I have just spent some time behind the wheel of the Porsche Taycan. Uh-huh. And I'm saying that, yes, I'm stressing the pronunciation Ty- there because they, we, we had a long lecture about how to say it. It's not Taycan. It's not Taycan. It's Taycan. Taycan. And did they give you a quick tutorial on Macan as well? Because we've been told it's Machan. Machan. No, it was all electrical Too at the time on this one, my friend. Taycan. Okay. But let okay. me tell you, I have seen the electric light. Well, and I see. name is Taycan. And it, it has an orchestra. And it, Yes, <laughs> it is a fabulous bit of kit. And I'll tell you why. Most electric cars, as you know, have this one-party trick where they can scream to 100 kilometers an hour in no time at all. All the torque's available instantly. It's like a roller coaster ride, Foot right? Foot down, off you go. But yep. the Taycan is the first I've driven where the uh, cornering dynamics, the entire completeness of the feeling, the engineering feel around you matches that acceleration. It's not just a one-trick pony. It does feel like a car that you could... In fact, and we did, thunder up and down mountain roads, mm. really pay no penalty for it, and absolutely blast out the other side of corners. Right, oh, yeah. it right. It is ferocious. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you always had a sneaking suspicion that when Porsche turned their attention to an electric car, it was going to be something fairly special, mm. mostly because it has that sort of Porsche aura to live up to. And I can tell you, in my humble opinion, the Taycan does exactly that. To right. me, it feels like a flagship, even though the 911, of course, will always be that sure. at the top of that pile. There's, I can tell you from personal experience, there is no need to be afraid of electric performance because this thing is a weapon. Great. In every possible way. Now, wow. just question without notice. Sure. In terms of charging times yes. and uh, range and what have you, does the Taycan bring anything new to the table in terms of those things, at quicker charging or well, greater range? Yeah, yes and no. So it's that 800-volt architecture, which is still it is becoming more and more common in electric cars, but I think the Porsche was basically the first to do it. That mm. technology we shared out across the Volkswagen group. 800 and, volts is enough to kind of reanimate a human being. Correct. <laughs> and I think from memory, the, the, the Mustang wow. Lithium, which was just revealed at SEMA, which is yes. that absolutely ferocious electric Mustang. Check it out on the carsguide.com.au website. But I think it's an 800-volt architecture as well. Okay. Anyway, that apparently provides Porsche with something quite unique and that is what it refers to as repeatability i.e. you can do your launch control sprints again and again and again. And so in the press briefing they said to us, look you, we've never really figured out how many times you can do it because in our experience the driver gives up before the car does. Yeah, okay. Which to us felt like a challenge. Wow. Well, but they were it's right. true. You're right. <laughs> they were right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so in terms of, uh, we'll talk battery size for a moment. Turbo has a 93.4 kilowatt hour battery, delivers a WLTP range of between 381 and 450. 
Uh, the Turbo S will give you a little less, 388 and 412 kilometers. Yeah. Uh, mostly because of, of, I think, because of the extra grunt. But think about this for a moment. The, the, the Turbo S will sprint to 100 kilometers an hour in 2.8 seconds, clip the quarter mile in 11.2.8. Oh, sorry, in, in 10.8 seconds. And it feels every bit that fast. It's in the tens for a standing quarter. Yes. Wow. Um, would, did they address the, the elephant in the room around the... It's in the 11s for a standing quarter. Oh, sorry. Just 11. The, the, the naming, uh, you know, the turbo and all that sort of stuff. I understand yeah, it's, it's part of Porsche's convention. heritage, but they did cop a bit of flack for it. They did, yeah. It's just, uh, look, I, I think that's just naming convention from Porsche. There's no, there's no other way to describe it, really. They consider it more... In, and, and I did see something very funny. I think it might have come up on this podcast, actually, when Elon said, uh, oh, yeah. dear Porsche, we need to talk yeah. about what turbocharging is. And someone wrote back, uh, dear Elon, we need to talk about what supercharging is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we also need to talk about what autopilot is. <laughs> yeah. So, it, look, it's just Porsche naming convention. It really is as simple as that. But one unique thing that Porsche does that I, that I really quite like is that it, they produce about 460 kilowatts in both the Turbo and the Turbo S. Which is plenty. At, at any given time. But as you know, sort of speed is the natural enemy or power is the natural enemy of, of battery life. And so is, You're right. so is sort of top speed. Mm. So what they do that's clever Believe me when I tell you, 460 kilowatts is plenty Sure. At, at any given moment. But when you engage launch control, you then unlock even more power, but only for a 2.5-second burst. So literally just scream to 100 to get you started. Uh, so that in the turbo, that will give you up the grunt to 560 kilowatts and 850 newton meters. In the turbo S, it ups it to 560 kilowatts and 1,050 newton meters. And that's what delivers that unbelievable sprint to 100. One more unique feature. That's it. <laughs> Taycan, yep. Taycan, yep. one more feature. They're also quite clever. The way they unlock that, that help unlock that sprint to 100 is it's one of the few electric cars I've ever driven that actually has a two-speed gearbox. So most, as you know, run through a single-speed gearbox. Mm. It's just a constant flow of power. So they've dropped a power glide in. But they, but they have a, <laughs> so this has a, second, a secondary, uh, sorry, a, a first gear that's located at the rear axle that is only engaged during those sport or sport plus launch control sprints. Okay. So it means that you can sort of, it just gives you that extra punch off the line before it clips into okay. second for its high speed. Very clever. The other gearbox. Very clever. Wow. Wow. So, uh, yes, there you go. That is the electric Jeez. future is here, my friends, and the electric future is bright. bright. Porsche is at the first of many of these cars. And it's it's obviously uh, priced at a mass market kind of mid-range yeah, in, 20, the, yeah. in the low 30s. Or, or grand, or yeah. I-30N competitor. Well, look, it's probably not going to be here until the late next year or the second half of next year, and pricing is still a bit of the mystery, but bit of a mystery. But we do expect the turbo to start above two hundred thousand. The turbo S to push close to or over three hundred grand. Uh, but good news, Porsche files, because there is a four uh, S that's already been announced, which is going to which, which will drop the price again, and then unannounced at this point, but very heavily rumored to be coming is a rear drive, so single engine at the single motor at the rear, which will drop the price even further. So it is Gosh. conceivable you'll be able to get into one of these things for one hundred and fifty. Right. Ish. right. It's just walk around money for it is. Uh, JC. That's just simple around the folding money. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah another Taycan? Yeah, sure. Taycan, Taycan, I'm Ty sorry. Can. Another Toucan? Yes. Um, now, Crafty, we're going to move on. We're, we're, we're steering into the Marcus Craft crystal ball here oh. because this is one that's upcoming as opposed to one that you've actually driven. Is that PG uh, rated, the Marcus, Marcus Craft crystal Marcus ball? Craft never, crystal never ball. PG rated. No. I'm, I'm going to jump into it today, JC. Have it for the weekend and then we're doing a toe test uh, yep. next week. Yep. So that won't make any sense to people whenever they listen to this. But, um, Unless they're listening to but it I'm next week. To, but I have been in this thing uh, numerous times. Yep. 
but I've only ever driven it on road and off road. I've not towed with it. I've not towed a, a, and a massive. Sorry, ride. we're talking about the Rubicon. Jeep, sorry, sorry, Jeep Rubicon. Oh, oh there you go. Yep. Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. Yep. Uh, the diesel. Yep. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I mean, I've. Uh, again, I haven't towed with it. Yes. Um, we'll probably tow about. Um, I think it's got a 2,495 kilogram maximum towing capacity. Yes. Uh, so a fair yeah. bit, but we'll go. We'll go under that. A safe margin. Yep. By a safe margin. Um, so and, the diesel. Uh, does that mean it's a six-cylinder diesel, or is it a? Do we know? Uh, uh, no, no. Um, the the 3.6 uh, Panastar is a V6. V6. That's the petrol. Oh, the petrol. That's that's the cheaper one. You pay an extra five grand for the diesel. diesel. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's only a 2.2 litre. Okay. Uh, is it? Yeah. Turbo diesel engine. Oh. Isn't but clever what they can do with it anyway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in theory, it should be a pretty solid uh, towing platform. Yep. It's got a long wheelbase. Yep. It's kind of wide. And a pretty, tow ball. Pretty great. That, 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 Sets it, well. always come that sets it up I'll well. just have a photographer's assistant hang out the back and hold on <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to Normally. the tow boat. Yeah. So long as you, can, <laughs> you can triangulate that, that's right. it's yeah, yeah, safe yeah. Just keep your, keep, your, keep your forearms strong. <laughs> yeah, just keep, keep right. it tight. Hang on tight, fella. <laughs> so <laughs> we usually do a couple of hundred Ks um, over different uh, sort of uh, through different scenarios. So there'll be a bit of uh, urban, suburban, yep. country back roads. Highways, a few long sort of slow hills, yes. and a few sort of long slow downhills, just to see how it goes um, okay. with that load at the back. But I'm really looking forward to that. As you'll see on carsguide.com today, yep. we have driven it extensively off-road. We've done some yep. uh, massive tests with it, and it really impresses me. Cool. Off-road. Great. Uh, unreal unit. Um, you know, one of the best sort of straight off the showroom floor in Australia. In terms of uh, off-roading ability, only got the one-star ANCAP, yep. which is you know for some people maybe a bit a, of a, a deal breaker, but, but for a lot of people it won't be. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll let you know in an upcoming podcast. Can I into just one thing on that car? I Ty actually car. drove that very car on the road oh, recently, and yeah. having spent plenty of time in the old Wrangler, which sort of made you at least consider steering into a pole to just to end it all. <laughs> oh, Made your physio happy. Yeah, yeah. basically. The, the new one's actually quite impressive. Surprising, on the road, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, and, and surprisingly quiet. And They've sort managed of, to make it know. far more car-like, but then, and, and then happily you report that it's no less tough, so it's a pretty, that's a pretty good compromise. Yeah. They've done I'd, pretty well. Um, I don't yeah. want to talk about Jeep unless it's a Hellcat-powered uh, yes. Gladiator. <laughs> when, when is <laughs> anyway. that coming? Yeah. Well, that's, I'm, that's yeah, well, I'm going to the launch of that in New Zealand uh, in December. Yeah, not the Hellcat-powered. Oh, no, not the Hellcat. You're going to Gladiator, that's right. So I'll just quickly chip in with uh, an Audi A5 Coupe, which is the one I've been driving uh, much of the last week. A 45 TFSI, just under $80,000, two-litre turbo, 185 kilowatts, which is enough. Yep. Uh, 370 newton metres, seven-speed dual clutch, and I found it. It's all-wheel drive, of course, the Quattro. I found it quick, was refined, comfortable. Um, it steers nicely. I think it looks brilliant. They've managed to keep it. This was the, the two-door coupe. And I think, actually, $80,000 is a lot of money for most people. But in that part of the market, that's a lot of car for, for that kind of money. I was pretty impressed with it. Did it uh, ignite your sort of automotive senses, though? Or I, no, I haven't driven No, yet. no, not particularly. No. I, I don't think it's one that really gets you in the core of your being and, and you know, fires, fires you up. It's not. I think it's comfortable. I think it does a lot of things that most owners would expect of it. Yep. It's got more than enough performance. It's not a sports car. No. Um, it's a, a two plus two coupe, and I think in that context, it does a really good job. And it's pretty good looking too. Yeah. If you want the RS and the S models, that then you know go there with that. This this is more your premium 
um, uh, two-door coupe without the sporting pretensions. The comfortable, you know? competent yeah, yeah. cruiser. I, yeah, I thought gotcha. it did that job really well. It surprises me, mate, because you don't usually get out of bed unless it's a Lambo I or know. something. That's, just, or, that's yeah. JC's first uh, sub-six-figure yeah. car, <laughs> right. I think, ever. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now, speaking of things we like, it's time for Musquash. Come on, Muskie. All right, so big news, big, big news on Twitter. Elon tweeted that the Cybertruck unveil mm. will be on November 21 in Los Angeles near, as he put it, the SpaceX rocket factory. Ah. Okay, so it's going to happen outside SpaceX. And he said in a follow-up tweet, the date is strangely familiar. Now, that was a reference to Los Angeles, November 2019, which comes out of the opening scene of Ridley Scott's original Blade Runner, uh, of which he is a big really? fan. So that movie is set in LA, November 2019. And he yeah. said this thing will look like a Blade Runner thing, won't he? Uh, yeah. So given that movie was made in 1982, mm. 2019 seemed a fair way off. Yeah. Um, happily, Good Los flip. Angeles doesn't look like that. No. It didn't turn out that way. It wasn't a documentary. It was uh, Somehow yeah. theoretical. Pure um, fiction. So investing.com in some of the comments said, welcome back to Twitter, Elon, because he'd, he'd famously said, oh, I'm off, off Twitter. He, yeah. he just came creeping back yeah. again. You know, he can't, can't leave it alone. Can't help him. Along with a cartoon of Elon making faces at shareholders in the SEC <laughs> because the share price has been going okay. But suffice it to say there is a lot of excitement. Yeah. When you went through those Twitter comments, people wanted to put their money down immediately. They were very excited to see it. I, I think it will get a warm reception. JC, can I just ask a slightly yeah. ignorant question for a moment? Did you say the truck? Do you do you mean pick the, up. the pickup? Yeah, okay. The Ute, the pickup. Yeah, he awesome. calls it Cybertruck. No, cool. He I, thinks it's yeah. going to look cyberpunk. Yes. Cyberpunk. It's going to look, you know, very tough and awesome. all that stuff. Hence the blade runneriness and yep. all that. Anyway, so then moving to another string in Elon's bow, which of course is rocketry. Yeah. Um, you've got the Starship. And what Elon is saying, and, and tip of the hat here to TechCrunch, Elon Musk says SpaceX's Starship could fly for as little as $2 million per launch, right? Now, $2 million, a lot of money. Launching a rocket, that's a drop in the that's ocean. That's peanuts, yeah. So uh, SpaceX's goal has long been to achieve truly reusable uh, rocket launch capabilities, and that brings the price down enormously. Yep. Now, $2 million would be around about 1% of a typical NASA launch. No, really? Yeah. Goodness so, gracious. Yeah. So Those things to, cost a bomb. Exactly. Mm. So he's madly... This is where it all starts to come into focus. You see the picture of the boat where they're trying to get the shells from yeah. the launch rockets and what have you. That reusability will underpin that kind of affordability. So already rockets have been launched with reused shells. Yep. Um, they're testing parachutes and the way things will land, yep. all with this reusability in mind. Now, that's a super big claim. Huge. I don't know whether there'll be any way to audit a launch in future <laughs> and determine whether or not it actually costs Crunch $2 million. Dollars. Yeah. Uh, but that's a big deal. Can I ask you one more question with that notice? Yeah. Well, what's, the, what's the game? What's the end game for the, 
for the Rocket game? Is it, does he want to be the new NASA? Well, does he want to be licensed to them? World or? domination. World domination. Yeah, look, it, that's the answer to pretty much any Elon Musk question. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah? yeah um, okay. So it's it's also populating Mars. Yes, of course. And yeah. mining the moon. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. That that's kind right. of stuff. It's, yes. it's all quite straightforward. Yes, so he's, he's still dying on Mars. That hasn't that's changed. That's it. He okay. intends to be the first Martian yeah. Uh, to yeah pass away on Mars. Okay. Yes, and yes. lots of people are watching the clock on that one. <laughs> Um, So there's that. Now, the other thing to bear in mind is that the share price has continued its rise. Incredible. So we had a substantial rise last week when we checked in. It's now $335.54. It was $314, nearly $315 last week. So another rise, $20-odd this time around. I think it was $14-odd last week. And Bloomberg, in response to that, um, you know, there's been momentum around profitability, the production of cars. And the Tesla's China factory is seen as a make or break in terms of the yep. company's profitability and its future, frankly. So the new Shanghai Gigafactory, which only broke ground in January, yep. is weeks away from starting mass production of yep. electric sedans. Now, China's first plant wholly owned by a foreign car maker. Exactly. And Tesla's first outside the U.S., is a crucial test of Musk's bid to keep his car maker profitable as he bets big on the world's largest market for electric vehicles. Now, that, mm. the, my question there that I've never been able to quite wrap my head around is how the hell has he done that? The biggest car makers in the world mm. have been forced to, to partner with local companies. It's yes. always yeah. been the Chinese yeah. way. Yeah. And yet Tesla has somehow swept in there and got their own standalone, wholly internationally yep. owned in the good old days, it would have been negatives. I think normally these images would be kept on a USB, yeah. and it's generally of the administrators, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the senior administration so in happening. the Chinese government, something like that. But does, does that not mean that people like GM and Ford will say, well, hang on a second, yeah. what, yeah. is that? why yeah. can't we have Interesting that? precedent. And I think Tesla has such cachet in the Chinese market, it seems like it's a very aspirational brand. Yeah. Mm. Maybe there's just acknowledgement that okay, you're a bit different. You can do Who it. knows? Yeah. God, if they can crack the Chinese market the way they want to, that would be enough to send the short sellers into a frenzy. It would. Absolutely. They've taken a bath in recent weeks. Stand alone. Um, so Musk's predicted Tesla will make at least a thousand cars a week in Shanghai by the end of the year. Right. But so his predictions have been off before. Oh, yeah. They've been a teensy bit off. The, yes. the needle has been yeah, leaning yeah. a, a little yeah. way off. Yeah. Um, a volume of the company's original factory in California spent months trying mm. to hit. Um, and he said a weekly rate of 3,000 is a target at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And has, has he imported the manufacturing tents or are they making the tents? They're marquee there? from the wedding hire company. Yeah. Well, I, I guess probably, they have those I think there. he hires locally. <laughs> Has you got a couch there to, to sleep on? cheaper to get them there. That's to, right. He'll yeah, be working in the factory again. Save on shipping. Another production hill. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. that's in prospect. How's the build quality going to be on those things if he's if he's putting the pressure on? Oh, so long as he's there on site, I'm yeah, sure yeah, it'll yeah, be perfectly that's right. fine. That's yeah. Anyway, look, with that, we have reached the no, finish line. Already? Oh, really? Thank you, Chesto. Thank you. Thank you, Crafty. No, thank you. And thanks, as always, to Mr. Pritchard for his behind-the-scenes magnificence. That faux ocelot skin coat is a stunner. I think it's... It's... I don't know. It's revealing. It's, 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 it's polarizing, it's, but I'm on the positive side of the ledger. It's revealing and yet not so revealing. It, I usually uh, have a lot to say about what he wears, but today I'm just you're speechless. I'm speechless. Absolutely, Absolutely speechless. Please pass on the word about the podcast and let us know your thoughts by searching for Cars God on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag CG Podcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review us. And remember, you can watch us on YouTube. But before we go, did you know I drive a steamroller? 
I know. Yeah, most people prefer petrol or diesel, but I wanted my Rolls Royce to be unique. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious me. <laughs> I told you he likes expensive cars. Woo! <laughs>